It's that time of the year. Happy holidays from the movie spiel. I'm Alex. I am Ryan. It's really good to uh, be with all of you if we're in your homes or in your car or if you are, unfortunately, much like uh, I think both Ryan and I have had to do several times over the years work on the holidays. We hope that maybe you're using us as a uh, means to get through the day if you're working on the holidays. If, if that's the case, God help you. But uh, as, a, as a former retail employee, my heart goes out to you, and I try my best to make life easier on you. Yeah, Trust and, me. And as a former journalist and the Jewish one at that, I am very, <laughs> very used to working on Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. I actually volunteered to do it at WAJR when I was there. I would work. Uh, I would always want to work these long, like, 12-hour shifts, pick up a little bit of extra money, uh, bring in some Chinese food or some sushi, and, and then I'd watch Christmas movies, which is what we're going to be talking about right. is Christmas and holiday movies. Yep. Um, there's not a huge distinction between the two anymore, but we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about both. Uh, and that's that's sure. the subject of today's episode. So if you're in the mood I, I at this point, by the time that you're hearing this, there are only a few days left until Christmas. So I hope that you've gotten your fill mm-hmm. of Christmas movies in. But if you haven't yet or if you're looking for something really good to watch on Christmas Eve night or on mm-hmm. Christmas Day, mm-hmm. we are here for you. And you're probably wondering, what does a Jewish guy know about Christmas movies? Let me tell you, there's nothing I love better than a good Christmas movie. I Nothing that I love better than a good Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad you're the token Jew of the two of us. <laughs> I, that gives us a good perspective to talk about Christmas movies and, and all that fun stuff. So, so, you know what's funny? Some of these are going to be a little bit like um, darker, I guess, because like, yeah. there, there, there are some there are some films that really use Christmas imagery and Christmas sounds in a very dark way. And then there's going to be, you know, we're going to talk about some of the sentimental stuff. Yeah. But if you're planning on listening and you're, you're looking for a review about the Griswolds or you're looking for a review <laughs> about, a tw- you know, a Christmas story, that's not really going to be this particular podcast. Um, we might get to it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, those have never really been my cup of tea, and I think that's because I, I the holidays mean something a little bit different to me. Yeah. So, so those have never been my cup of tea, but I know lots of people who really, really identify with those two Christmas well, stories. Like, that was their Christmas, you know? Sure. Well, as, as growing up as a good Gentile Christian boy, uh, <laughs> you know, we watched a lot of those a lot of those the standard fare and i'll say this year uh com- specifically talking to people since it's been such a crazy fucked up year um a lot of people started their christmas right about halloween <laughs> if not before <laughs> like i have friends who were watching christmas movies the second it was november 1st wow oh god Be- i mean why not it yeah. actually i feel like it lifts your spirits up the movies are all about forgiveness for the most part they're all about you know, family and, and just good feelings and all of that. Because, you know, when you reach the end of the year, regardless if you celebrate Christmas or not, you're still reaching the end of the year. And it's nice to just reflect back. Regardless of how shitty of a year we've had, it's still nice to, to, to leave it on a good, positive note. And I feel like 2020 is ending in somewhat that fashion, at least for me, because I'm the eternal optimist, <laughs> uh, you know, until we actually get into a civil uh, war. Uh, but yeah. that's, that's neither uh, here And, of course, there. keep in mind, we are... We are wearing masks as we record this that's how as we should dire things have become good citizens is what we are yeah. we uh, as good citizens so hey so we have some uh, some um we have some some different categories right we have some good categories that we're going to uh, go over we're going to we're going to break this pod down into and the first one that we were discussing is our favorite use of music in a holiday movie and uh, I, I have a couple that I've uh, always thought was funny and recently I, I always make a Spotify playlist um, for for you know my my Xmas list for me and I, I listen to it a lot with my son uh, driving to 
driving him to school and everything every morning. And um, I put the uh, the Nutcracker Suite on there, but I cannot help it because this is what pop culture does. Every time I hear the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies, all I think of is this Christmas. I just hear the movie trailer. Oh my god! This holiday season, prepare to get wrapped. I don't know. Whatever they say, you know, prepare to get fucked. <laughs> Whatever they do. <laughs> this Christmas, Rob Schneider is a Christmas ornament. He's a carrot. Rob <laughs> Schneider is a carrot. Rated PG-13. Uh, like, that, that's what I hear, and that's uh, that's just what the music has, has done so, to so me. So let's qualify here really quickly, yeah. because I will say, so some of these are going to be holiday movies. Some of these are going to be movies that take place just during the, hol- the holiday-adjacent movies. Yeah. But they are using Christmas music mm-hmm. in a way that accentuates the film, sure. makes the film better in some way. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first. Sure. What is your pick? Well, what is your I, favorite I, use I, of music, of Christmas music, and holiday music in a movie? Right. So, uh, you know, not to bury the lead, because there are going to be a few honorable mentions, but one of the ones I absolutely love, and mm-hmm. anyone who's listened to this podcast regularly knows my love of 2015 Best Picture winner Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, both as a just a journalist and a fan of film. Uh, but I love, towards the end of the film, we're, we're coming up right to the resolution uh, where where um, Michael Keaton's Robbie is going to uh, go and, and kind of badger his buddy uh, for, for you know as his source for uh, confirmation one more time. So during that sequence, you have a montage of a crying victim, in an older adult crying victim in Mitch Garabedian's office. You have uh, played marvelously by Stanley Tucci. You have uh, Mark Ruffalo at church, and then you have Mark Ruffalo writing up the story that the Spotlight team has investigated, and you keep seeing the countdown to the de- the deadline, you know, 20 days to deadline, 15 days to de- deadline, and the running joke among the newspaper's leadership was, well, we can't release this story about about uh, widespread molestation uh, by Catholic priests in, in the city of Boston at Christmas, so we'll just do it at New Year's. But so, of course, it's Christmas adjacent, because this whole thing is happening in the period of December of 2001. And while this is going on, in the background, the music laid over this montage of events is Silent Night, and it's being sung by a children's choir. But that was the scene and that was the sequence. And I think that's one of the best uses, um, especially because, you know, the whole concept of of earlier in the film, they're talking about how, you know, how does this occur in a city like this? How does this occur? You know, there's there's an element of silence. You know, one guy leans on another guy and all of a sudden we look the other way. Mm-hmm. So the use of Silent Night, I know that's not what it's about, but it's, it's in the title. I um, mean, the fact that it's children singing it, it's it's a really, really powerful, poignant moment in the film. That is my favorite use of a of Christmas music in a holiday adjacent film. I know that's probably not what you want to hear. If that's you, what we're starting off. With, yeah, man. we're starting off dark, but we're actually going to get less dark as we go yeah, on. It's all it's all downhill from here, you right? Know, or uphill? I don't know. It's I think it's downhill. Is that it? Because things are going to get better. But, things will definitely but, get better. But lighter. from just like a pure <laughs> film, filmatic, like cinematic perspective, that's a really good, powerful sequence. For mine, um, just because I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the Christmas spirit, y'all. Um, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time is Bad Santa. Uh, I never saw the sequel, but Bad Santa, starring Billy Bob Thornton and Bernie Mac and mm-hmm. Lauren Graham and and uh, John Ritter, I believe, is in one of his wow. final roles. I think it was actually his final role. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a funny movie that I first saw in uh, when did it come out? Oh three. So I saw it in the summer of oh four. 
because it came out on DVD and I watched it two times in a row because it, <laughs> it's still one of the fucking funniest, filthiest movies. And one of the best pieces of uh, the best pieces of music in a holiday movie is the juxtaposition of, of Let It Snow by Dean Martin um, as they're walking through uh, a mall parking lot in Arizona. Message <laughs> three. Willie, it's Marcus. It's that time of year again. Pack your shit. Phoenix. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And it just it's just great. Uh, it's their first it's their job. The, the you know, Billy Bob Thornton and Tony Tony Cox, the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. his, his elf, basically. And um, they they are thieves and they rob malls during a Christmas time. Now, if they succeeded, I have not seen Bad Santa, too, nor will I. But had they succeeded, they really wouldn't be getting that much at, the, and, and, at this point in if time. If you Maybe like then. Bad Santa, by the way, you should uh-huh. check out. I don't know if you ever saw the show Psych, but Tony Cox actually does uh-huh. a guest appearance where uh-huh. he basically plays his character from Bad Santa. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I remember watching the special features, and Tony Cox was talking about, you know, you don't get too many opportunities for people with dwarfism, and uh, how, you know, it's just a dream come true role for him. And so I wouldn't blame him for, you know, kind of utilizing that that character. But, no, I love Bad Santa, and I love... I love Let It Snow. I love classic Rat Pack holiday music. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few things that have always gotten me through the holidays. I really like it. It, it is, and, I, and I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil movie. my next category, but yeah. my my next category, uh, when we do get to it, the film I chose could have worked for either of these because it really uses it uses. Um, what is that? Not O Ten and Bound, but it's uh-huh. chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Oh, it's the Christmas song. Yeah, Nat King Cole, the Christmas, the Christmas song. song. But well, the, real quick though, yeah. I wanted to ask you. Speaking of which, even I know we're the movie spiel. We don't talk a lot about music a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that we're both very passionate about. Right. What's your favorite Christmas holiday song? Do you have one? Uh, Do you have number one. That's yeah. There? So probably have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's um, a good one. And it actually, so I'm, I have never seen Meet Me in St. Louis, but I think that's actually on my list for this holiday season. So mm-hmm. by the time people have heard this, I will have seen Meet Me in St. Louis. Um, or is it Meet Me in St. Louis? I don't know I how, because they, they, they use that old-timey, like, 1930s speak, Meet Me in St. Louis, see? I'm, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> completely making <laughs> this all up. all broadcasters talk. Exactly. Talk like this. I don't know. We're going to the, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, <laughs> taking on the New York Yankees. Why the fuck did everybody sound I like that? I have no idea, but, Jesus. you know, see, you think that's just, like, a movie trope, or did they actually sound like that? Because I don't know. No, if, if you look, if you listen to that, <laughs> they all fucking sound like that. All right. Okay. Anyway, continue. So, no, so I think Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and I will say, um, so Bob Dylan does a really great cover of that song, uh-huh. but I, I, it's always been one that I've really, really liked. Another one that's really, really good and very, very underrated is um, Tom Waits. Uh, what is it? Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis is so fucking good. I never heard that. Oh, it's really, really good. I'll it has, it you know, the thing is though, it's not really a Christmas song. It's like a Christmas adjacent song. Uh-huh. I think the only time Christmas is mentioned is in fact in the title of the song. I got a song like that. It's called uh, Christmas and. In- Christmas in Jail, Christmas in Prison by John Prine. Mm-hmm. It's something like that too. Oh wow, that's yeah. I, I could I could I could fuck with that. Yeah. John Prine is uh, may he rest in peace. Yes, definitely. Uh, no, he's uh, no, so my favorite Christmas song of all time is um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh. <laughs> Christmas at Ground Zero. Can I tell you, I have a great story about this. Brittany is furious at me because I, I, I sing it now and she thinks it's really offensive and I have to remind Why? her that the song, the song existed before the national tragedy. What do you mean? Oh, before because before Ground 9/11. Zero, 9-11. Oh, yeah. no, because any nuclear site explosion is called is Ground, ground Zero. zero. Yeah. I tried to explain that. And, if anything, and... 9-11 was more derivative. Right. Anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there. But Did you just call 9-11 derivative? No, I called naming that area Ground That's Zero. Fair. Is That's a, fair. Is a bit derivative. That's true. It wasn't, not a, gonna call it? It wasn't a nuclear strike. It so. was not a nuclear strike. Right. But the song actually has, I, I love this, it has air raid sirens. Mm-hmm. 
in the background and it's set to that kind of tone, mm-hmm. that key. And uh, my son loves it. There's the key. There's the key change near the end, and we're both singing. And it's Christmas at Ground Zero. Oh, the missiles are on their way, and that whole fucking song. And that's you know that's one of two great Christmas songs that I'm aware of that Weird Al wrote. I don't know any of his later stuff, but uh, uh, the Night Santa Went Crazy was a mm-hmm. big one when I was a kid. Yeah. It's all blood and guts. I don't play that for a five year old right now. Right. <laughs> but it's 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 to me it's my favorite Christmas song. And then uh, next to that though, I like all the little novelty kind of songs. Like the Killers actually have a song called uh, "Joel the Lump of Coal." It just came out on their Christmas. Oh, album. that's right. I did not know that. Love it. And then if I had a classic favorite, it'd be Malikiliki Maka. And preferably the she and him version. So I really hate uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time," but you know the Shins did a cover of that. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's I've not bad. That. I it's, hate the song, but it's it was actually on, uh, pretty that good. Album, by the way, that album that that came out on was uh, I think it's like um, "Holidays Are the Best" or "Holidays Rule." It was a Starbucks compilation, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a really good version of "What Are You Doing New Year's Eve" by The Head and the Heart. Oh, uh, by the way, honorable mention because I just remembered it. One of my all-time. Actually, I'm going to do two honorable mentions. So first of all, John Lennon. Oh yeah, yep. uh, Happy, Happy Xmas, Xmas. War is over. That's my wife's yeah. favorite. And yeah. then uh, my morning jacket actually does. Uh, uh, Xmas time is here again. What's your least favorite Christmas song? What's the one you never need to hear again? Uh, it's it, uh, it probably Paul McCartney. It's really? probably yeah. I mean, I, I really can hear that in the background at a store, uh, and I'll be all right. Yeah, you know, I, I I can tell I can tolerate that. I used to love it. I used to think it was the best. simply magic, uh, wonderful have, Christmas. It's just so. It's like having. Is it simply having yeah. whatever, man? The the whole thing is just—it sounds like a. Um, it, it was when he was really into synthesizers. That same uh, album has that's yeah. McCartney too, and it has um, that temporary secretary on it. Yeah, it's really bad. That's a yeah. My my young one of my younger brothers called that his fuck jam. He, he's well, like fifteen or okay. whatever. Wow. Good for them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So anyway. so here we go. Uh, on that note, uh, so that's. That was we just want to get a little talk about music because music is such an important time of the holidays and we both come from a radio background and yep. we're both um, music nerds. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that so uh, back in my DTV days uh, as a reporter, um, you know, obviously I was working on Christmas Eve, I was working on Christmas Day, and as a as a Jew, I was always doing that because I would always ask off for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because that was the trade off. Is yeah. I'll work both days because they'd like to alternate. You know, okay, one of you work Xmas Eve, one of you work Xmas Day. I'd be like, no, I'll do them both if you give me Thanksgiving Day off. There you go. So. Um, the thing that I, I always kept in mind was that you'd always find those radio stations where literally come December 1st or or even the day after Thanksgiving, it is 24 hours of, of Christmas music nonstop. And then uh, uh, who's the, 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 the modern composer? Uh, oh, God. Guy, the guy who did the NBA and NBC theme who actually— John Williams. Jo- no, 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 not John Williams. Oh, uh, uh, Tesh. I don't know. Is it John Tesh? No. I'm pretty sure it's John don't Tesh. I, I'm no wrong guy to ask. Oh, it's totally John Tesh. American pianist John Tesh. He actually would host. So I would listen to John Tesh, the NBA on NBC theme guy, one of the greatest themes in the history of sports. Uh-huh. Uh, and motherfucking John Tesh is DJing, essentially. He's voice tracking these Christmas songs, and it's just 24 hours of John Tesh. I'd be going out to a story in Elkins, West Virginia, driving through snow flurries, and fucking John Tesh is serenading me through and telling me what's coming up next. So that's that's kind of my memory of Christmas in West Virginia, and yeah. I actually am very sentimental about it. But That's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, our next category is our favorite use of holiday imagery in a non-holiday movie. Ooh. Or, or I, either or. It could be a holiday yeah, movie, It I doesn't guess. really matter. It's if just favorite, favorite use of the imagery. The question I have for you is, do you count the stop motion films? The... I count all of them. I okay. don't care. If it's an animated movie or what, what are you talking about? Like Nightmare on no, like Ru- Nightmare Ru- Before Ru- Christmas? Well, no, I was thinking more like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer oh, and, and uh, Frosty the Snowman. Those and... aren't that long, though. Those are more like TV specials, yeah, right? Yeah, but I... I, I Rudolph I... one is not aged well. 
It has is. it really not? Oh, it's rough, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, watch it again. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, favorite use of, of Christmas imagery in either a holiday or non-holiday Yeah, film. I got a good one. Um, mine is the cocaine bust in Lethal Weapon. You want it all? Yep. He wants it he all. He wants it all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? <laughs> you want a tree? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. Hey, thanks. But the shit's going to cost you, um... Uh, a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it? That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good, good one. To go. that's I, a... I, I fucking love it. It's just, uh, it was back when nobody had a problem with Mel Gibson, and, uh, you know, whatever. He also had 80s hair metal hair. That hair metal hair, that 87 hair. That movie is, it's, uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's Shane Black wrote it, and if you know anything about Shane Black, and we're going to come back to that guy, uh, most of his movies are set around Christmas. Just because it's a nice plot device, you know, or I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it's it's just a lot of fun, and it's a lot of it's really really funny, and it also is uh, it's really important to the story of the film because uh, Martin Riggs, who who um, Riggs Riggs, good <laughs> is Danny Riggs Riggs Danny Glover's <laughs> hamming that movie up. They both ham it up, and that's what makes it funny. That's one of the best yeah. uh, buddy cop movies yes. of all. It's probably the best buddy cop movie of all time. That and Lethal Weapon Two. And uh, and it shows how Mel Gibson's Martin Riggs is a complete just loose cannon. You know his his wife was killed, and so he leave a weapon develops a lot of the tropes that are used for the next sure. thirty years. It's fine. It, it invented the tropes, yeah. Which you don't you don't uh, I don't. I think that's cool. I think it's fine for Lethal Weapon for a lot of those movies. When you go back and watch it now, you're just like, oh, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. But um, but when you it, it's it really just. Oh, I just fucking like that scene. It's really yeah. funny. I'm having a hard time explaining no, it. No, I, I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a good. So right before we recorded, I actually watched the scene again because yeah. I, I, you know, you brought it to my attention. I was mm-hmm. like, I've seen Lethal Weapon. Why can't I remember this scene? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh right, that's a ridiculous scene. Weren't you commenting that you're like, read? Why did you read them the Miranda? Yeah, rights, he's like, I read you your rights, but you already know it's your rights. That's also when Mel Gibson was trying to get rid of his Australian accent. And uh, it's like, no, motherfucker, you read them their fucking Miranda rights, <laughs> you idiot. So, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure there's probably some context in in that time uh, because when I I learned a little bit about like Dirty Harry, for example, yeah. that the context of the film at that time was there's this big debate about, you know, um, are we, or you know, as a society, um, are potential criminals. And it's funny now that we're we're, we're you know, the pendulum has swung back the other way, but. Um, the conversation in like the late seventies and early eighties was that you know police don't have the the firepower, they don't have the tools, they uh-huh. don't have the intellectual um, support to do battle with the hardened criminals. And oh so, my god! And so in Dirty Harry, there's sort of that point behind that, and then I think that's the same kind of follow through with Lethal Weapon. Lethal there, Weapon's right? a lot like that, right? Yeah. Like cause they, the the idea that he's not going to read them their rights is a very like spit in the face of like oh. liberal democracy type of thing. So, what's your favorite use of holiday imagery in a non-holiday movie? So it actually it occurred to me like instantly while I was, while I was when I thought of the topic, I was like, I actually know like what the proto uh, film is for this yeah. for me. Uh, is Catch Me If You Can with uh, is Steven Spielberg uh, directing and Leonardo DiCaprio starring. Hit me in the car. Hit me in the car, please. Hit me in the car. What a man. It's a great scene. He's looking in the window, and it's it's really really well positioned throughout the film. You know, as as his arc is sort of winding down, you know, he's been on the run all this time, and part of what he's been running from has been his family troubles. But part of what he's been running to is a way to put his family back together. And so here he is. He is essentially 
He's moments away. He knows this. He's moments away from being captured. He had just eluded um, capture, uh, like certain capture moments before this. So he goes to his his uh, mom's new home, uh, looking into the window, having that very creepy conversation with what I assume would be his either stepsister or half-sister. Um, and his mom has, of course, remarried James Brolin at this point. You know, James Brolin's James character. James Brolin. Yeah, James Brolin's character. Not Josh Brolin. No, James Brolin's character. Yes. Uh, but so he's he's there, and uh, it, he's looking through the window, and he's looking so longingly, and when he finally gets arrested, um, you know, you can obviously see, you know, you've got the juxtaposition of the inside. You've got decorated home, the beautiful, beautiful home yep. uh, decorated for Christmas. The outside's been decorated for Christmas. The lights are all there. But then you have the juxtaposition of the white Christmas lights with the red and blue flashing police lights uh-huh. and what i really like about that is of course he says you know he has that that famous line where he's like you know carl tom hanks get me in the car and so his mom won't see him because he doesn't want her to see what a mess he is at this point mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a really powerful scene and i and, and i think catch me if you can is interesting because i don't really think of it explicitly as a christmas movie but there's a lot of christmas imagery in it and it was in fact released at christmas mm-hmm. um i'm not sure that when i when i rewatch it and i did recently i don't know that i felt that it was a christmas movie but um, you know, there's a lot of that imagery there. So, right. What's well, awesome? Do you consider Star Wars a Chris- Christmas movies? No, I considered them Christmas presents. There you go. They were Christmas gifts, right? Especially, especially uh, Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, right? Because they because they were always out at at. Oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and I saw those with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, the first um, the Force Awakens came out on my birthday, on yeah. my 28th birthday, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is the best. Yeah. And I saw it, and we had so much hype. You know, that's the funny thing about Christmas in general. I just, just have this whole, just my feeling about the holiday season is that it's all hype. Every single Christmas I ever had when I, since I was a kid and on, you're always hyped up because we're consumers and mm-hmm. we want new shiny shit we don't have to pay for. Sometimes we do have to pay for. Um, and it's always, a, sometimes it's a nice surprise. Sometimes it's very sweet and you get something very sentimental. I've had, I've gotten a few gifts from people that have just been so out of, out of the blue and very, very sweet. And at times it's like, yeah, I knew I was going to get that, whatever. But still just the, you're hyped up, you're hyped up. Everything in our Western society has geared our little brains mm-hmm. to just love like, and then also at the same time telling us it's not about this. Right. Fucking our brain, whatever. It's all hype. That's Star, Wars. So Star Wars. Star Wars kind of is, is the Christmas too. of movies. It, it just it was hyped, 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 and then ended on such a just like eh. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like God damn it. I mean, there's there's more goodness coming out of it now. Right now, we're go- in the middle of the Mandalorian, which you need to watch. We'll talk about that Jesus, later. Jesus, that we'll take that off. That's coming later episode. We'll talk oh about my, that. We will yeah. have our obligatory Star Wars episode coming yeah. up. Anyway, back to our wait, uh, wait, wait. But I just want to say, in case if you don't celebrate Christmas, I just want to wish you Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. Speaking of which, going Disney Plus, there is a Star Wars Lego holiday special. I did not even intend on watching it. I walk out in the living room. My son's already 15 minutes into it. And I'm like, buddy, can we? And I started watching it, and it was really great. I'm like, can we just start this over so I can enjoy this too? And he said, yeah. So we watched it, and they totally celebrate Life Day that, with the Wookiees. I just want to know. You know that George Lucas. Yeah, somewhere. Sitting on his billions of dollars <laughs> is still probably like Fuck them, <laughs> you fucking assholes! I know he's thinking that. He has gone on record saying that he would. Go he's back attempted and... to destroy every copy. I think he's attempted to actually physically destroy well, copies the, that exist. The, fu- the he can't fucking do anything about it because uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, go watch it. It is. You it's can watch the holiday terrible. special on YouTube. But the Lego one is very sweet. Okay, the thing that nearly it. killed Star Wars, the 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 Christmas of movies, 
was in fact their holiday special. Yep. I love that. Oh, man. So, anyway, so our next category, our favorite peripheral holiday movie, as I like to call it, a movie that takes place around Christmas but isn't about Christmas or the holiday season in mm-hmm. general. It's just, yeah. It is just taking place then. We had Spotlight. We've mentioned that. We've mentioned Lethal Weapon. Right. But uh, what's 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 one of your favorites or your favorite? Do you yeah, have one? Yeah, so I don't know that I have one definitively that is, like, my favorite. I would say um, Edward Scissorhands is one that I always I always think about during the holiday season, even though it's not explicitly, like, a Christmas or holiday movie. That's um, a good one. There's a really iconic scene um, where he's doing the, the ice sculpture. That's always what I, I wind up thinking of when when uh you know that scene comes up and I don't think there's any dialogue spoken in that scene I think it, it, it's literally the first lines are when the jealous boyfriend of Winona Ryder comes Anthony up Anthony Michael Hall Anthony Michael Hall and is an and is like Edward or whatever I, yeah. I I haven't seen the movie in a while it's been I'll a long bit. time for me but because it, because it, it's again it's not about you know that's a film where it's really about the imagery more often than anything else you know the main character it very really opens his mouth yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a good one. Tim really. Burton's done that too. I mean, he did produce uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. and then um, Batman Returns is yeah. also a, a movie that takes place around Christmas. Yeah, but it's not it's not a Christmas movie, quote unquote. But um, I have a couple that I wanted to mention. One of them is the only uh, Christmas holiday movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Iron Man Three. Jarvis, target extremist heat signatures. Disable with extreme prejudice. Yes. <laughs> waiting for it's christmas take him to church also directed by shane black who as you can tell there's a theme going for me uh what shane black really likes christmas he really likes christmas i just wanted to mention that movie because it does take place around the holidays uh tony stark actually uses uh like christmas ornaments as little mini explosives to to infiltrate that facility to find out find the the mandarin yeah i I also thought one of the reasons that film worked by the way is Uh is is in fact you know one of my favorite sequences is when he winds up in tennessee and it's frigidly cold and he lands and you can see his breath coming out because of how cold it is i mean all of our image imagery of tony stark in the marvel cinematic universe is like playboy in his in his like huge multi-billion dollar tower or his multi-million dollar home in los uh-huh. angeles always this life of luxury and comfort and then here he is crash landed in the snow yeah. i liked that that yeah. was i actually thought that that was a good like hey by the way we need to explore the real person in this film, which we kind of failed to do for a lot of these. Sure, sure. And that, well, but my other one is uh, also a Shane Black movie, and it also stars Robert Downey Jr. It's the movie that uh, that actually landed Robert Downey Jr. the role of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So they saw this, and they're like, we want him. And that is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, thanks, bro. One of these days I'm actually going to learn how to fight. Harry Van Schreck. Oh, hey. Harry Lockhart. Oh, I'm, I heard about you. You're the... Uh, Whatchamacallit, the consultant. You must be, anyway. Gabe Perry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, Dabney calls you that. I mean, I guess you guys are old buddies. Or... It's five years now. Wow, five years. Still gay? Me? No, I'm knee-deep pussy. I just like the name so much, can't get rid of it. That movie has Robert Downey Jr., Michelle Monaghan, and um, Val Kilmer. And my 
personally my favorite Val Kilmer role. Uh, it's it's it, that movie is criminally underrated. Uh, Val Kilmer should have been up for an Academy Award for it. Um, the movie is a uh, I mean some people would call it a Christmas movie I guess, but it doesn't really have that kind of the same like resolution as most Christmas mm-hmm. movies tra- like tech like t- really have. Um, it's a whodunit, you know, or a, or well, more of a murder mystery mm-hmm. kind of thing. So uh, before we, we get to uh, before we get to our, our favorite actual holiday movie, yeah. um, first of all, keep in mind that there are a lot of terrible holiday movies <laughs> out there. Shit. Um, shit movies out yeah, there. Yeah, there are a lot of really bad ones. We, we, we're not going to spend too much time ripping into them, but one of the things I wanted to do um, is talk a little bit about, because I think TV isn't something we often talk about on on this program, uh, on this podcast, but I think TV often uses the crutch of Christmas very well. Sometimes they don't use it well, but sure. but so a couple of quick shout outs that I wanted to give, two of which are animated because I always I always just really appreciated them as sort of in the spirit of of the holidays. Yeah. Um, the first is I think anything the Rugrats did with regards to Hanukkah or Christmas, super. I, when I was super, I, they did do the entire story of Hanukkah. Yep. In in it's in. You know, as, as in layman's terms. And by the way, Hanukkah is a dumb fucking holiday, and I can say this as a Jew. Hanukkah is the dumbest fucking holiday. Hanukkah least, was about a bunch of a bunch of brutal assholes who do the only thing that they could say to themselves was that we didn't want these intellectual Romans or Greeks or whatever to come in and uh, uh, sort of import their culture into into our land. And that's like. Maybe the nicest thing I can say about Hanukkah, because otherwise they were fucking barbaric. The Maccabees are barbaric. Sure, and I actually learned learned how Hanukkah worked because of that when I was a kid. That came out when I was like seven, so mm-hmm. like I remember watching that seven or eight. Uh, and their Christmas episode, the Rugrats Christmas episode, it. Uh, I I was just kind of like, I it was fine. They alluded to Santa being real. Fuck that. So. Hey Arnold is the other one. I don't uh, remember that one. Oh man, it's great because it it doesn't have anything to do really with with uh, with Santa or anything like that. It's truly in the spirit of the holiday season. Uh, Helga is if I, my memory serves. I haven't watched this in a couple years now, but Helga is looking for the perfect Christmas gift to like you know because she she bullies Arnold, but she's looking for the perfect Christmas she gift. Him. She loves Arnold. Yes, she's looking for the perfect, which is a bad trope by the way. That's a bad trope. Eh, but she's looking for the perfect Christmas gift to get him. And she winds up sacrificing her own gift to help make Arnold's gift wish, which was totally for, selfless, come true for Mr. Wynn to I, reunite him with his daughter, who it's implied that they were separated during the Vietnam War. I remember this now. Now that you're mentioning it, and that was that was actually really heavy. I yes. remember watching it, and it's kind of like they show this flashback, and there's like this guitar music, mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah. like the the um, you know, he. Uh, what is it, Mister Wynn? Like gives the girl to a soldier right. who's departing on a helicopter, right? And that and that's it. Yeah. And it's like he got out. Yeah. And he has no idea where his daughter is. Right. How crazy is that? Right. No, oh my a, god, I'm getting chills, yeah. man. That's uh, so good. And so then uh, the the last thing, uh, just I, I I mentioned it several times already, but Psych has three great Christmas episodes in season three, four, and five. If mm-hmm. my memory serves on the correct seasons, Tony Cox is in season four, and that's where they get very kitschy and mm-hmm. it, like everything they do in that show, they usually do on purpose. So yeah. the idea was like, they were kind of parodying and spoofing like a, like a holiday special type of thing. Cause there's this end scene where everybody gives this big kind of holiday speech to, you know, Hey, we need you to testify against this mobster. And, and it, it's very, very uh, schlocky, but it's, it's done very purposefully. And I like that. And then seasons three and, and, and season five, um, you know, one of the main characters, both his parents are accused of murder, which is, 
it's it's a great obviously neither of them did it but it's a great little little sequence and there's there's some there's some um there are some references to alfred hitchcock in that uh season three christmas episode that are really really good and hitchcock actually kind of runs through that show on a couple of occasions um but yeah so actually i think psych actually handled christmas really really well uh so, so I just want to give a quick shout out to TV because it's not to say, you know, this is a movie. We, we talk about movies here, but um, when it comes to the subject of the holidays, I have seen some really, really, really good um, uses of the holidays as a, as a crutch or a plot device. And I sure. think the three I mentioned are, are, are all among my favorite. And if you, if that's what you'd prefer to go and watch, you know, if you're not big on, on a two hour movie, um, you know, go watch the Hey Arnold Christmas special. You do not need to know anything about Hey Arnold to it, enjoy that. It's that really good. 30 minute special. Now that we talked about it, I remembered it. Yeah. It came back to me. Yeah. Um, so our final bit here, uh, we were wanting to just discuss our favorite holiday Christmas movie. I wanted to start, though, uh, I just want to do the obligatory diehard thing. Um, I don't care what people say. <laughs> I think it's pretty much, it, it's just a cliche now. Diehard's mm-hmm. not a Christmas movie. Diehard is a Christmas movie. Like, I hear this shit all the time. Yes, it's a fucking Christmas movie. That's the whole point. That Christmas is central to the plot. He wouldn't be going to visit them in Los Angeles if it weren't for Christmas. The the uh, the guys robbing Nakatomi Plaza would not be doing it if it weren't Christmas because the skeleton the crew would basically basically be a skeleton. But there's enough people in there to have an actual a real hostage situation. Mm-hmm. Also, the security would be uh, would be a bit lighter. There wouldn't be as much foot traffic around the building. It's it all it all um, hinges on Christmas and the whole thing. And then at the end, there's a there's the story of reconciliation between John McClane and his wife, and then. Um, all that shit. It's and and also the I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Mm-hmm. That and there's holiday music. In right. It. So when I hear Bruce Willis say it's not a fucking Christmas movie, it's, well, a, Chris- it's a Christmas. I don't movie. know what the fuck you're talking about. Obviously, you haven't watched the fucking movie since you were a cokehead in the '80s. The fuck do you want me to say? I really like Die Hard. It is a I think it is, it is a perfectly constructive constructed action movie. Mm-hmm. It's clever. It's funny as shit. It's violent. It's fucking. It, it's it's smart. Um, and it's really, really, really well acted. And uh, that was, what, Alan Rickman's first role, first real role. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And he's great. He has that English accent, but then he switches to, no, he's got the German accent, right. but switches to American. Right. Somehow. I don't know. I didn't know German people could do that. A, a lot of, a lot, a lot of Europeans apparently can do that. Good, but, good on them. Uh, but particularly hey. from, I think, the sort of Western yeah. Europe persuasion. I, but I just, I didn't want to say that's my favorite holiday movie because it's, it's not. It's very good. Um, and it's a, and it's a lot of fun to watch, mm-hmm. and I, I still need to watch it. But I, I we want to talk about our favorite holiday movies, and I want to ask you first: What is your favorite holiday movie? Do you have one, or do you have a couple? Uh, so have I have a couple, and and I also I'm glad you referenced or brought up Die Hard. Uh, so uh, I would be remiss if we did a Christmas episode and I didn't mention. So um, back in uh, 2006, 2007, 2008, back when the Princeton Video was the uh, the video store of record in Princeton, New Jersey, there were actually two of them at the time when I worked there. I worked for both of them. Uh, as a, can, uh, both can I mention that I'm eternally jealous that you got to work at a movie store? Yeah, it's awesome. It was I like I will not I will not trade that for anything because it will never exist again. Yeah, it's so um, great. There's no point. Technology has completely and totally structurally changed that so that'll never exist again. That's but a I really, really, really other than that one blockbuster in Alaska that I can't remember if it's still no, no, open it's in Oregon. It, is it in Oregon? It's I thought it was Oregon. in Alaska. And it's like a tourist destination now. Okay. They're, they're going to be fine. All right. So regardless, yeah. uh, I, my buddy Noah and uh, actually our, our other, um, uh, at the time, he was a colleague of ours named Sam. We were three Jewish kids in uh, you know uh, late teens. So we were in senior year of high school, freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, that period of time. Um, and our boss was also Jewish. 
So he was going to close on Christmas. And we said, well, you've got three Jewish kids. We're all willing to work. People are going to want to come in and rent movies. Even if they celebrate Christmas, they might want to come in and rent a movie later on when they're looking for something to do in the evening. So he said, okay. And he said, all right, well, I'll pay you guys, you know, I'll pay you guys time and a half. This is the, by the way, this is the dumb shit that kids do. So he goes, we're going to pay, we'll pay you guys time and a half, but we're only going to stay open from 10 to 4. Or we're only going to stay open from 12 to 6. And we were like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And he was like, what do you mean? Let us stay open from normal hours, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can pay us regularly. He's like, okay, I, we will literally work 12 straight hours. And we volunteered for that because even though the, the, we had these two very tiny TVs, very far away, by the way, it's not like they were close to the, like, like if I could, the layout was you would, you'd enter and immediately you have this sort of um, circular glass counter area, popcorn uh-huh. machine on the glass counter right in the front. And the candy was on, it was on the opposite side. And then you'd have these rows and rows and rows, probably six or seven rows of, of movies, mostly DVDs, uh, some VHS that were being sold because they were getting rid of them. And then, of course, there was the uh, all the way in the back, there was Section 9, the, the, the adult film Ooh. room. Um, was there Christmas porn? I don't know. That's a great you question. You know there was. So, so, the, so the, the quick thing, though, is that Section we stayed nine. open for 12 hours. Yeah. We watched Christmas movie after Christmas movie. Sam didn't work. But he agreed to bring us Chinese food. There you go. And that was so that was like the 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 we were the three wise men, I like to joke. <laughs> because Noah and I decided to work and and I mean I'm gonna tell you, from ten to two, I don't think there was maybe one customer who entered the store. And then things got a little bit more as we wanted. And what's funny is of course social media was way less of a thing in, in that time. We could have easily, if, if a social media account had existed, we could have easily told people that we were we were open. And yeah. of course, so people, so it was all spreading through word of mouth and through text message and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started getting more customers as the night went on. But we literally watched Christmas movies from twelve to twelve and ate Chinese food. Um, and it was just three Jewish guys who <laughs> just put it watching Christmas movies. Uh, it was a blast. And so, <laughs> with that said. With that said, Die Hard was, was, we watched Die Hard. Oh, hell yeah. We watched it. And we've watched a lot of these movies we've talked about, but so the two that, that 100% had to make the list, uh, because I can never really decide, is it's either Home Alone. You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more. Or, It's a Wonderful Life. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. And I always go back and forth between the two. So uh, Home Alone, very quickly, just it's probably the earliest Christmas movie I ever remember watching. Yeah. And it is ridiculous. And as I got older, uh, by the way, Noah uh, it, it hosts a movie podcast called Be Real. So if you yeah, if you're listening to us and you're looking for more content, check out Noah's. They're much better, much more established than we are. <laughs> They've been around for six, seven years. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, actually, he uh, he hosted an episode uh, from when I lived in Somersville. He was visiting me, and he actually hosted an episode. I don't know if I'm supposed oh. to say that or not. I no, mean, we're yeah, good. Five years later now, it's probably fine. I, West Virginia Radio, though, we used we used their studio that was below my apartment, um, and we recorded an episode. Oh, let's do a crossover was, sometime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, but so uh, uh, Home Alone um, was the was what we watched, and uh, he and I went back and actually counted how many times. Uh, Harry and Marv should have died oh, between yeah. Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. And between the two films, I'm pretty sure they should have died close to 70 different times. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's insane. It's like it's like in the first movie, it's like somewhere in the 15 to 25 range. And in the second movie, I think it's more than 40. There's a fun video, and a couple of fun videos on YouTube if you go on and you can look up um, like doctors or, or uh, people who work in ERs and things mm-hmm. like saying like, 
going over their injuries, like what would really be happening to them if an iron fell on your fucking face <laughs> or if you touched a, a red hot mm-hmm. uh, a doorknob right. and throwing it in the snow. That isn't going to do shit. Mm-hmm. Burning the top of your scalp, like that's third degree burns. Your, your skull's going to be showing. It's, right. It's bad. And uh, or stepping on that nail. All of that. Or, uh, and then there's another great video where these guys, uh, special effects people, um, actually add in like blood and shit to make it R-rated. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, it's so good. So check those out on yeah. YouTube. So uh, And then after Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the sentimental side, Frank Capra, the ultimate sentimental filmmaker. Well, Jimmy the... Stewart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you want the moon? I'll know. give you the moon. I've never seen It's a oh, Wonderful Oh, you've never seen Okay, so uh, the aforementioned Noah and I last year... So right before, a couple months before COVID became a real problem, uh, I met him in Pittsburgh. He and his girlfriend, um, Lucy, they were on their way driving from New York uh, to St. Louis, actually, um, where she's from. And they stopped in Pittsburgh on the way, because that was probably about seven hours of driving at that point from New York City. Um, And we actually went, he found, and I never would have, this would have, I just would have been like, let's go get dinner and drinks. But we, so we did that first. But then he actually found, uh, a day before he was set to arrive, a church in Pittsburgh doing a radio play of It's a Wonderful Life. So we actually went and saw in person the radio play. So here we, here we are, these two goofy Jewish guys who are not from the area, not part of the church. Um, and we went and saw it, and it was great. I'm sure they welcomed you in. Like, oh, hey, yeah, no, so no, no. Cool. It's not like they were asking who we were. I just, I always get, I always just get a kick out of it because... I just love participating in Christmas. I just think it's a lot of fun. That's great. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was that was what I did essentially. It was like December nineteenth or twentieth last uh-huh. year, um, uh, right after uh, Rise of Skywalker. I oh went, yeah, I went and did that. We we did that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, no, we actually uh, we walked out of there thinking that that movie was going to be it'll age better. It'll age better. I don't know that that's true now. It's only a but, year. But but we walked out of that theater also like on a huge adrenaline high because like that movie was like as you. I, what you actually said to me at the time, I think, was you were like, that is just like all cocaine. That movie, all that movie was movie absolutely. It was just like pure, unfiltered cocaine. Uh-huh. And uh, and then when when you, you start. You like Palpatine? Right. You, you cut these fucking lines up. <laughs> oh, you like Ray? Oh, man. You you like the fucking yellow, yellow the fucking yellow lightsaber, man? Let's just cut those fucking lines you up. You want to heal people with the force? Let's heal, heal with the fucking force. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So that was. Oh that was God. So that I remember you saying that, and that stuck with me. That is a that is a funny, funny observation. So. That's, that's what that was. But that's so cool. You got to see that the radio, like a radio production. Yeah, yeah. So it was really. Broadcast it yeah, on the radio. Yeah. So it was, like shirt. imagine setting up, like you got all the people are in costume. Yeah. And uh, uh, like they're they're it's wonderful life costumes and they're they're literally broadcasting the actual play on the local radio station. Really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. uh, Really, really cool. But so it's just basically a play with what I would describe as sort of like limited blocking Uh and limited like the interaction was mostly about the dialogue, not really about like. Because um, you know they're all leaning into these three or four microphones. Yeah. So do you was, remember? Do you remember the the name of the church? No, I'll tell or you. I'll have, to, I'll have to tell you after we're done recording because okay. I, I I'll have to look it up. That'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, my favorite Christmas movie uh, of all time is Christmas Vacation. <sighs> hey, if any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. 
And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Starring the wonderful Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, who's it? What's it? Uh, Galecki? John? Gale- Aunt Johnny Galecki? Johnny Galecki? Is that him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, he played Rusty, he, for, who became more famous later on yeah, in Rose, I, on Roseanne and on uh, the Big Bang. I theory. actually did not realize that. Yeah, he was like twelve, thirteen when wow. he did it. And uh, Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Um, was uh, uh, Audrey, mm-hmm. and then um, just a whole slew of Randy Quaid. Randy is the only. Fun- yeah. Dude, like I know the movie. I know Christmas movies are a cliche. They're a cliche by nature, you know. And and I I mean. That whole movie is so endlessly quotable. You know, shitter's full, and all, and and Randy Quaid especially his clothing, like the the black dicky under the white sweater. You know, and the, and I love the little uh, the little mugs that they drink at the eggnog out of, and then I love his neighbors, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and whoever the guy is. They're total yuppies, and they're just assholes. Oh yeah, <laughs> and spilling the wine on the carpet and the shit. It's just so good. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite memories. Uh, and this is kind of whatever. When we were, when I was probably eight, nine, I remember we rented that, and I was watching it in the living room, and my mom was in the kitchen, and I didn't really pay attention to where my mom was, but I was watching it, and it got to the point where uh, Clark Griswold is standing at his, you know, kitchen sink, and he's looking out the window, and he's fantasizing about a about the pool being there uh, that he wants to get for his family with his bonus, and uh, everybody having a great time, and then. He start his mind starts to drift and everybody disappears and it's the girl from the lingerie counter from the mall, <laughs> the the hot lady standing on the on the uh, on the diving board and then she's taken off. Oh my god! Her, <laughs> she's taken off her bathing suit and it's it's the the, the song is Malika Likimaka, <laughs> and, and you know then it's interrupted by uh, you know uh, Randy Quaid's kid going Uncle Clark are you Santa Claus and then I would. I must have. I was like nine or ten. I but I was like, oh my god, this is like almost a a, a pre sexual awakening for me. Right, pre pubescent, just kind of like I see a naked chick in this, <laughs> even though it's PG thirteen. But this is the '80s, you know. Right. So, but I rewound it and I watched it over and over, and I watched it probably four or five times. And my mom was just like, "Is there something wrong with the tape?" From like the from the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" She's like, "All I've heard is." Uncle Clark, are you Santa Claus? And then it stops. And then the thing starts. And she comes out. She's like, what are you watching? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. And it's it's just great. Oh, so, my God. I, I mean, I was not old enough to, to, you know, do anything else. But, sure, my mind was curious. But then it stopped very quickly when my, you know. My you, had, you had kind of, that's a very meta moment. Yeah. That's a very meta moment that Isn't considering it? what's happening in the in the context of the film. It is. And it started my my love for that song mm-hmm. and uh, and that movie. That's just a funny memory so, I have. Okay, can, can you explain to me cuz I just uh, there are just some things that I don't get. I have never really been a big Chevy Chase fan. I my favorite thing he's ever done is actually television. It's Community. Sure. I'm just I just outside of that That dude is the king of pratfalls, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a physical comedy just just being a fucking goofer, goofster, just you know the the way he 
the way he physically is, his physical comedy. Right. He's one of the greats at that. If not, he's like he's like on the Mount Rushmore of physical comedy. Okay. That's, I, I, that's the appeal that he has for people. Yeah, because I, I never Cause he's really... he's not that good of an actor. Yeah, I, I never really was into the, the vacation films. I was never really into Caddyshack. I... I was never into vacation films either. I just like that one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've honestly, I've never seen the other. I've no. I saw Vegas Vacation, but it's it's always the same shit. Right. It's no, it's the like same. the same. It's the same movie. But Christmas Vacation is nice because they don't go anywhere. Right. They stay home, and that's that's the coolest part. It's actually. I don't think they're really on vacation. What was the uh, What was the? He was expecting a bonus from his boss, and instead he gets a. Um, the, the, he gets enrolled in the Jelly of the Month. The Club. Jelly of the Month Club. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving. And then he just goes on that fucking tirade. It's and like the Netflix of jellies. Hallelujah. I don't know what it Back is. Back when Netflix was like a, uh, uh, you, you, you no, get this a is in the DVD 80s. in the mail. So, uh, no, this is I know, like, no, I know, I know. That's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. So I guess they just send you jelly beans? Right, like that's what I didn't understand. because fuck it's, is that? Yeah, jelly of the month. Yeah. And he goes say, the, is it jam? Is it, is it I like, have no clue. Yeah. Honestly, I should know, shouldn't I? I don't know. But then he goes on that tirade and he's like, hallelujah, holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Like that's the best. That's the best shit. And then the probably my fun the funniest bit to me in that whole movie is um it's uh when the great aunt, what's her name, brings like she she wrapped up her damn cat and like the way the package is moving, like the cat like little cause she's old and it's kinda not a not a that funny of a joke in context right. about Alzheimer's and dementia. But, you know, she gets confused and they just find things, you know, she wraps things up and uh, from around the house and gives them away as presents and it's just like and the, the fucking box is moving. I actually have an ornament on my tree that is that scene. Oh. It's Clark Griswold holding <laughs> that package. My son loves it. He fucking, he can quote that. He doesn't say the D word, but he can quote that whole scene. And it's to a point where I'm about to take the damn thing off the tree. Because, <laughs> fuck, man. I love that movie and you're ruining it. Anyway. So uh, one uh, last quick thing. I, I guess a, a quick shout out Um I don't, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any great, like, truly great, like, Hanukkah films, like, that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, there's that, there's... The Eight Crazy Nights is garbage, and I know people who, like, watch it religiously. Uh, the was... only good thing that's ever come from Adam Sandler and, and Hanukkah is, in fact, the Hanukkah song. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, I love that. Part one, and uh-huh. you know, part after that, it gets a little two. derivative, but, like, I mean, he did four versions of the damn thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just know the first four, one. Four versions. I actually, if you, it's funny enough, he also did a Christmas song around the same time. He did, um... Oh. Oh, it's gonna bug the hell out of me. I can't think of the name of the song. It's it's pretty good though. He did he did like a brief Christmas song for SNL oh. in the early two thousands, like like right around the the like the around the time when Al Gore was very relevant. Uh, yeah, um, but I don't know. I'm really just trying to rack my brain about you know. There's that Rugrats episode. Yeah, is there is, is there a I'm Hanukkah? Sh- I'm sure there is. You know, but I I really don't know, and that's a goddamn shame. <laughs> really, I'd love to see a proper like funny as fuck, not giving a shit. You know, Hanukkah movie about people that really truly like love Hanukkah. Yeah, as I, much as any idiot see, says they love yeah, Christmas. Because I, I just think Hanukkah is is so not a big deal in the Jewish religion. Is that it? Very, it's just because it's around it, Christmas. Exactly, that people... it's been very commercialized by by the American industry. Like like I got to a point when. I don't know what age I was at, but there was a certain point where I was just like, I don't want gifts for Hanukkah anymore because this is just dumb. What's like, what's the what's the bigger deal? Passover? Oh yeah, Passover. Yeah, Passover is the, in my opinion, Passover is the most important holiday not named Yom Kippur. Okay. Um, and arguably Passover.
Passover is the most meaningful holiday because Passover is about you know being liberated from an oppressive regime. Right. And even if even if yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this, but like <laughs> when it comes to like religion, like I'm very skeptical and like I, I mean I am an atheist, so yeah. that like I'm just culturally Jewish because that's how I was raised. Sure. But so I know all these stories. But like you can appreciate the story of Passover and still think. There are probably some like I don't think he parted the Red Sea, but like you know the story of Passover is about a group of oppressed people being liberated from from their oppressors. Like yeah. that's a great story. Um, sure, and that's why the Ten Commandments is actually a, it's a classic movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I looked up, I googled it really quickly, and uh, the night before, which I saw once, I've never seen it. It is on my list, but it was considered. I thought it was good. I mean, it was, it was fine. Like, I didn't is love it. Is it funny? It's got to be just, just like a goofy ass. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, I, like, Christmas yes. Because, yeah, you know, it's it, after all, it is, uh, it's fucking Seth Rogen. Is it you know? so? Is it about Hanukkah? Yeah. So I, the thing is, I can't really remember. Like, I remember watching it and thinking, like, it was, it was, it was reasonably sentimental and, like, it was moving is not the right word, but yeah. it was, but you could appreciate the sentiment they were going for, even sure. if you weren't necessarily moved. But I'm going to be honest, I know that, that, uh, either JGL or Rogan were, were Jewish in that film, and I can't really recall. Well, I really don't it. recall. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So let's let we got a couple minutes. So let's end this with. Um, do you have any like newer Christmas movies or holiday movies that you've seen that that you think other people uh, ought to ch- ought, ought to take a look at? Oh man, shit. I mean, we didn't even talk about Elf. Um, I mean, and I know that so you, you're of the opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, that Elf is not as good as maybe. I think Elf is fine. Okay. I get why people like it. I don't care either way. I it's think like, it's, it's not, okay it, doesn't, it doesn't really do it for you the way Will it does Ferrell, it. Will to be fair, Will Ferrell has, has rarely done it for me. Right. I don't even think uh, Anchorman's the greatest. I don't think it's even. I thought Talladega Nights is better than Anchorman. Oh, oh, oh I, I hated Talladega Nights. I thought Talladega Nights was fucking. Oh, I thought hilarious. Talladega Nights probably because so I know a lot of red. Bad. Oh my god. I know god. a lot of red. I loved Anchorman. Uh, Anchorman, like Anchorman Two was okay. I and saw that in theaters actually. But uh, like, um, I like I recently watched Klaus. It's an animated movie mm-hmm. on Netflix. It was up for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature last year, just kind of out of left field. And uh, I watched it with my wife and son. And damn it, like it's it's like a, it is a uh, kind of a. A, an original retelling of mm. like the origin story of Santa Claus. Hmm. It's so good, and it's got it stars uh, Jason Schwartzman and um, um, okay. J.K. Simmons plays Santa. Nice, just perfect. And uh, Rashida Jones, her voice is in it. Few, Norm Macdonald is in it, and it's uh, it's just a really really good movie uh, for you know I'd say like a family movie. I mean, you can watch it with you know little kids or just watch it by yourself. It's really good. Yeah. So so okay, it's good to know. I, I, there there aren't a ton. I would say the one thing I want to say about Elf really quickly is just that we could have we could have that that scene Zoe Deschanel singing. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. What was the what was the song again? Um, oh, it's Santa, Santa Claus, Claus is coming, coming to town. town. Yeah, I think that's a nice scene. It's really really corny and ridiculous, but it's a really nice scene mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, that, that could have been a good use, uh, both of her her singing moments, um, even though the, the first one is a little bit um, bizarre in the film film's context where she's singing in the shower and Will Ferrell is like... That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's actually a little weird. Like, in context, you get it. He has no social cues, but it's still fucking weird. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a weird scene on yeah. film. Um, but the, the second one where she where she leads the the singing of of Santa Claus is coming down. That's I, that's a really good scene. I really yeah. like that. And it's a good. It's not a bad movie. It's a yeah. good holiday movie. I think the Norwell thing is probably the funniest bit. I love like just the North Pole bit mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah. I mean, and also Peter Billingsley, who played uh, Ralphie in A Christmas Story, is also you know it's he he is one of the elves in it, which I thought was funny. Ooh, so how much time? You know, we're we're we're, 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 we're about there. Okay, so one last thing. Do you have an opinion on Love Actually? Oh man, 
I wish we had more time. I think Love Actually. Well, technically, we have as much time as we want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse here. I think Love Actually has some of the parts are fine, mm-hmm. and some of them are not. <laughs> so that's if I could. If I could just interject, the part that's not, I'm guessing, is Andrew Lincoln's part. Oh boy, uh, he's a stalker, and he's. <laughs> Really needs to get get some help. That's a really problem. Like that is just the worst. Like ah, some of it's cringy. I think um, Alan Rickman is just kind of. I mean, he's great in the movie because mm-hmm. he's great in everything. Right. We've discussed this before. How Alan Rickman is just Alan Rickman makes all things good. He does even Love Actually, which is b- inherently bad. Especially Alan his Rickman's scene with good. Rowan Atkinson trying to sell him the whatever the fuck he's getting yeah. for that stupid bitch at his uh, office. The, ju- the, ju- the jewelry. The jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really like uh, Liam Neeson and Thomas Sang- Brody. So Thomas Brody Sangster. Yeah, I so, like I like yeah. that bit. They had a nice. And I like how you know he kept saying how he was like. He keeps talking about like Claudia Schiffer, mm-hmm. and then at the end, like a lady comes out and she looks. It's Claudia Schiffer playing her, right? And it's like implied that you know. And I kind of like Colin Firth's bit with the lady. He didn't un- like she was Spanish, uh, right? Is she Spanish I, or Italian? I, I don't. I wasn't crazy about that. That's I think she fine. was Spanish. It's I been a long time, I, man. I thought that was. Uh, it has been a long time. Yeah. I thought that that was, but um, well, ridiculous. You know, here's here's another one though, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so we can end on a positive note. Let's end on a positive note. It's fucking Christmas. Got to end on a positive note. Yeah. Uh, we watched it last year, Brittany and I, and um, I hadn't seen it in years. And I may watch it again this year just because I enjoyed it so much a year ago. But I'm up at Christmas Carol. Oh, that's a great one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you please, Mr. Scrooge, it's gotten colder. Yeah. And the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal yeah. for the fire. We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? This is my island in the sun. Um, I believe you've convinced them once again, Mr. Scrooge. Michael Caine chews up that fucking scenery. And it's like, I love the fact that he was all in for a Muppet movie. Yeah. You know, he's. It's Michael fucking Caine. Michael (laughs) Caine. He is all in. And that movie, man, ah, man, that's what I'm going to watch tonight. When I get home, when I get. We've been watching a lot of Christmas movies yeah. and stuff. I'm going to throw that out there. We also wanted to check out the Christmas Chronicles. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We're... Is is Deadpool a Christmas movie? Is it? I think Deadpool Deadpool takes place adjacent Chris- to Christmas. Well, there's Christmas that shows up. So does Valentine's Day. And so there's some does other it? crazy ass holiday okay. where he gets pounded in the butt by his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I that's love that right. movie. We should, anyway. All right. We well, should. So I'm up at Christmas Carol is how we're going to end, not we're gonna, Deadpool. I'm going to end on that. Oh, fuck, end on Deadpool. Deadpool's funny. Okay. That's a good one. But, hey, uh, we want to wish you a happy holiday season. Mm-hmm. We hope it's we hope it's okay. We yeah. hope it's better than than expected given the fucking year we've all had. Yeah. And, but, and I really hope that this time next year we're not, you know, wearing these fucking masks and we're all healthy. And, that would uh, be nice. And we're fucking watching movies in the goddamn theater like a proper fucking society jesus i just want to see a fucking movie in the theater yeah a proper so uh, so yeah so yeah. we wish we wish you all uh happy holidays i know uh, obviously um if you're you're hearing this hanukkah has likely passed because uh, it's very early this year actually hanukkah, when, it, when is it hanukkah starts december 10th hey yeah so hanukkah is gonna be over 18th? a full week yeah before yeah. christmas so uh, so re- regardless of where we are uh this time next year we uh you know Hanukkah is going to be over um, by the time you hear this, uh, but uh, we hope you have a, a very happy or had a very happy Hanukkah, uh, a very Merry Christmas, have a great Kwanzaa, enjoy your Yule, Happy um, Boxing Day in Canada. Yeah, and and if you don't if you don't give a shit and you're just happy to have some time off, 
Um, enjoy your time off. Try to refresh yourself. And if you are working on Christmas, I I did it for many years. Yep. Um, to you, how we opened this episode is how I would like to end it. We wish to- you the happiest of holidays whenever you get the chance to get some time off yep. to refresh. To you in the stores, you baristas dealing with assholes, you people selling bullshit we don't need. Go watch a good Christmas movie. Go watch a Muppet Christmas Carol. But thank you for listening. This is uh, this is the movie spiel. My name's Ryan. I'm Alex. This has been our holiday special. Well, come what may. Merry Christmas, Mr. Wade. Merry Christmas, Albert. Goodwill toward men. <laughs> <laughs>